Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the broadcast for May 27th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Memorial Day. We are live, and Memorial Day is indeed a time when America remembers those who gave their lives for freedom. John Quincy Adams says, you will never know how much it cost my generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you make good use of it. And therefore, we need to get involved, ladies and gentlemen. We need to make a difference. We need to live good, honest, moral lives and then expect those around us to do the same. Lead them by kindness, by patience, by example, and admonishing them to have faith on the Lord Jesus Christ and repent and having us all look to God, not government, for solutions. That is one of the grand keys to the exercise. Without further ado, Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. Uh, secondly, Scott Bradley's with us to preserve the nation. FreedomsRisingSun.com. Happy Memorial Day, sir. Thank you very much. Always good to hear you guys on Monday morning. Hey, Kurt, who's Abe? Well, he's one of the big shots there in Japan, Sam. Uh, the president spent the uh, weekend there in Japan, and uh, Abe is one of the, uh, I think he's either the prime minister or what do they call it? Uh, they've got a prime minister, and then they've got a another uh, big leader there, but uh, uh Prime Minister is named Shinzo Abe. I guess, you know, we'd say it A-B-A-B-E. The president did a little round of golf. I guess they did 16 holes. I always thought they did 18, you know, like 9 and 9. That's only for rednecks like you, buddy. There you go. I guess you do 16. Um, They did a little sumo wrestling. Not themselves but they watched it and uh they ate three meals they said uh one of them included a uh well uh let's see what was it some oh, this uh, is know, american beef they had a bunch of know. rice no they didn't they had no, uh no rice? included a couple of double cheeseburgers made with american beef that was uh that and of course in the evening meal where they had their wives there they had a nice uh what they say uh traditional hibachi restaurant where they had grilled chicken wagyu beef steak uh, etc no rice but, uh, well none mentioned in the story but i can't imagine uh, not I, having i'm just rice. Not surprised uh, that you're saying they didn't have rice i'd be shocked if they didn't have rice with their hibachi meal there yeah sure. by the way the president handed out a uh, four and a half foot tall trophy weighs between 60 and 70 pounds to the victor there at the uh, sumo match uh, so, right. pretty good-sized trophy. Who Sam. was wrestling in the sumo match, man? we got a buddy that's a sumo wrestler, friend of ours. Was he there? Well, this is, uh, I think, uh, let's see, they say he was a uh, 25-year-old, uh, well, champion there in Japan. You know, I, I don't see. know. I don't see his name on here. All right. There you have it. You forgot the most important point of this, Kurt, diplomacy. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, you remember years ago, Sam, we had a little, little, uh, what, upset between us and Japan, and so it's nice to uh, get along with our friends there, you know, instead of uh, 
lobbing missiles or dropping bombs, you know, uh, on each other. Where uh, the president's doing a little uh, sumo uh, watching and uh, eating some good food and spending some time there with the uh, Japanese. So what do you think of that? Speaking of Abe, uh, what do you think of that there, Scott? Well, you know, we could always use a lot more diplomacy than uh, than what's been traditional in America in the last several decades. I, I I think about, I mean, you know, you bring up the fact that we're actually having a meal with somebody instead of dropping bombs on them, and I, you know, I don't know what's happened to all our diploma, uh, diplomats. Um, I think we're all kind of uh, hammers now, not we or you, but... Uh, I'm talking about those that sit at the head of the government. You know, you talk about which are a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And everybody seems in the highest levels, you know, Pompeo or uh, Bolton or whoever. I mean, all the generals we've had in, in Trump's camp, uh, everybody wants to go pound somebody in the, uh, you know, on the head with a hammer. And and I would like to see more diplomacy out there. And, and I, I, I don't know what's happened to all the diplomats. We I mean, you think about the... Thomas Jefferson's of the world, and we've replaced him with Hillary Clinton's and, and uh, Pompeo's. I mean, it's like holy cow! What happened to the to the art of diplomacy? It's it's a the big stick stuff nowadays. So Donald's really out there trying to turn the hawks into doves a little bit with his diplomacy, isn't he? Well, I would hope so. I, you know, we can we can always hope for that thing. It seems like uh, they they get undermined so often. I mean, you know, you think about when he was meeting with. Kim Jong-un and, and uh, how Pompeo was doing his best to chop the legs out from underneath it and, and Bolton when he was doing that kind of stuff. And it's kind of like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't go slap somebody in the face and then say, let's sit down and have dinner. Let's figure this out, you know. And I, I applaud an effort to, to reach out and have diplomacy, and, and I wish we could get more of it. That's why we bring it up. They won't really highlight the uh, Founding Father-esque understanding of this. They might mention that Donald, you know, did that, but they're not going to put it in, their, um, in my opinion, the proper venue of Memorial Day. It's a time when we remember those who gave their lives for the sacred cause of liberty, and then we do our best to promote peace around the world. We should be a light on a... Uh, a a shining light on a hill, if you will, Scott. And I think the diplomacy card starts that light on a hill scenario. Well, you know, it's interesting um, that uh, we, we've kind of built a military caste in the United States. I mean, and, and that's a tragic kind of thing, I believe, that uh, that we, we've, we've... It's like back in May of, of uh, 1962... Um, uh, MacArthur did a uh, uh, a little farewell address at West Point, and he talked to those that were going to be the defenders of liberty. And uh, and one of the things he said that always I I always think about that I never hear from anybody that served anymore. It's you know they're gonna I mean every you know every beautifully quaffed. Uh, pundit and and uh, anybody that's on, talking head on the radio or TV, except for a few people that I know, like you guys, uh, they they all love the smell of napalm in the morning, and and it's like holy cow, and uh, I mean it's it's like we have created a military caste that we're trying to to become the warmongers, and here's what 
Here's what MacArthur said in 1962 in his farewell address at West Point. You know, here he is addressing most of these individuals ended up serving in Southeast Asia. Okay, but but he said uh, in talking about their responsibility to defend liberty, he says, "Let's be clear, though. Most of them ended up serving there, but not by choice, but by force. By what's that conscription? Is that how you call it?" Well, these guys had volunteered to serve, but conscription came along, and that was, we could talk about conscription here in a minute. I'm just talking about most of the people in that war ended up that way, though. They did not want to be there. You're right. But here's what McCarthy And and even the people that did sign up, quote, willingly, it was only so they could get a better spot than being drafted later would be. So they took a gamble, so to speak. Very often that was the case. Anyway, that's, that's, I don't know what you call it, conscription light. Anyway, I digress. He said... This does not mean that you are warmongers. On the contrary, the soldier, above all other people, prays for peace, for he must suffer and bear the deepest wounds and scars of war. And, and you know, today, for example, uh, and we, have, we are the warmonger country around the world. I mean, we, we are engaged in uh, probably six continents right now and probably, well, I don't know how many things. We're, we're not even told how many stuff behind the curtains we're working on. But, um, but the fact of the matter is, we kind of glorify war. And I think that MacArthur had seen it at its deepest and darkest times. And, and right now, we're bringing a lot of some of our finest people. I mean, this is, this is not an indictment against those that are brave and strong and willing and all that kind of stuff to, dep- to defend liberty. But it's a it's an indictment against those that are taking us there unconstitutionally, and and we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those that have served have killed themselves in a short period of time afterwards because I believe it's cognitive dissonance in large measure. I think what's happening is in their heart of hearts they know what's going on. It does not have justice behind it. And, and I know one of my friends that was in uh, Afghanistan for a number of years told me that everywhere they looked, they had posters up that said, believe in the mission. And it's like he said, you know, you get anybody quietly on the side that uh, you have a conversation with, nobody believed in the mission. Nobody believed in it. And that's part of the problem. You get people kicking in doors, scaring women and children, shooting civilians, or maybe even people that, it's questionable to shoot first and ask questions later. And again, in a combat situation, sometimes survival requires shooting before asking questions. I mean, there's, but it's one of those things where if you, like, for example, this Eddie Gallagher guy, and I don't know of his guilt or innocence that, that uh, Trump's talking about pardoning and, and the war crimes things. That was, again, I don't want to get off on that too much, but he did eight tours, eight tours. Well, we find nine times out of ten when we go chasing people into their own countries <clears throat> and we breach their sovereignty in the process, you can tell that it's an unjust reality when that happens. All right, we have no business chasing people into their own sovereign nations, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's a very scary scenario. But you know what? The good news is President Trump, trying to work with dip, uh, diplomatic relations, spend a day with Abe, a Japanese leader, Golf, sumo, three meals, diplomacy. We need more of it is the point. John Voigt talking about who he thinks is the greatest president. We'll talk about it in seconds. Kirk Crosby on your radio. Can a nation conceived in liberty 
carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for Memorial Day. We do, as Donald Trump does, believe in diplomacy. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to really focus on the principles of peace. We cannot be a war-mongering, a warlike people. We have got a lot of work to do. Scott Bradley's with us to preserve the nation. His website, freedom, freedomsrisingsun.com. So we talked about Abe there. Kurt, do you have more on Abe or do you want to talk about John? Well, I think we've covered him. Uh, well, the uh, Japanese Prime Minister and the President's weekend there. Uh, by the way, I should have mentioned this. The, uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Trump, of course, went along, and uh, she and the uh, Japanese, um, well, uh, Prime Counterpart. Minister's wife. Yeah, there you go. Uh, they spent some time with some kids, and she was point, uh, pointing out, or uh, the uh, Mrs. Trump was pointing uh, pro or uh, what would you say? Uh, promoting her be best idea with the children, and uh, they were uh, writing up and drawing some pictures of fish and different things and like that. And different from the American and, children that have been indoctrinated against the first lady. Uh, these people probably were thinking be best was wonderful, huh, Kurt? Well, yeah, they're uh, actually wanting her or uh, signature, uh, that kind of thing, our autograph and things like that. Uh, so. You know, it was a nice weekend for him, I think, and does good for the country when we uh, are friends with others. But anyway, on this other uh, topic, uh, this guy's name is John Voigt. Now, I got him mixed up with a uh, another actor that, to me, looks a lot similar. Uh, I mean, they are, have similar looks to me. But anyway, this guy, John Voigt, he's 80 years old. He happens to be the... Uh, 
father of Angelina Jolie. I, you know, didn't know that. Uh, course i couldn't figure out who the mother was i was trying to study that up here but uh, a little confusing but kind of hollywood-esque the guy's 80 years old uh, that Alyssa milano lady calls him uh has been or whatever uh, well that means yet, we already uh, like the guy yeah there you go uh and uh you know he's he's basically standing up and saying that the president's been attacked uh, by on many sides and uh i think he's doing a good job he says the country's stronger safer with more jobs because our president is very, his every move is correct he says don't be fooled by the political left because we are the people of this nation that's witnessing triumph so let us stand with our president let us stand up for this truth uh and he says god bless america and you know this is kind of weird out of hollywood so we don't usually see this uh but he also stood up i guess recently and uh, supported laura ingram sam against the uh, left-wing activists that uh, were pressuring advertisers and uh, wanting to boycott her program uh, and uh, the president by the way you know, he thanked the actor for his support. He says, thank you, John. So nice. So there's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Kurt does a great job, but he stuff. missed the headline for you, ladies and gentlemen. This headline's pretty interesting. Kurt? Okay. Uh, the headline says, John Voight declares Donald Trump greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. What do you say to that, Scott? Um, I'm not sure that's a compliment, but um, I... Uh, I mean, I know most people have the highest regard for Abraham Lincoln. Uh, we are suffering mightily from 150 years of, of the follow-on of, of that. Uh, so much of what happened under Abraham Lincoln was a centralization of, of power in Washington. And I think Abraham Lincoln was dealt a pretty tough hand. And I, I presume when we get a chance to meet on the other side, if you will, I... I I guess we'll have a discussion about why some of the things that we're suffering under today started under his administration. But uh, I, I know that that's probably bears more discussion time than we've got today. But but I um, I I'd say good presidents are rare, <laughs> and I think that that the uh, that Mr. Trump is doing a better job than certainly the the left would have us believe. It's interesting, John Voigt has had kind of a political evolution. I think a lot of people would would uh, uh, kind of look at it that way. I think in a lot of ways his, his understanding of politics has matured. I know he started way far on the left as a young man and uh, identified with a lot of the radicalism of his day. Um, but over time, I think his understanding has matured. But it's interesting, he... He uh, spent a lot of time protesting Vietnam, for example, and uh, I find it interesting that that a lot of the people that were against Vietnam were right, but they went about it wrong, and they were uh, right for the wrong reasons sometimes. And uh, you know, the idea that that we can go off and and uh, fight unconstitutional wars, and in fact, in the case of Cambodia in, in spring of 1970 invade a sovereign country with without so much as a boo high or howdy from Congress, uh, those things have been just kind of metastasizing. I mean, uh, it's it's really weird, but, but some of those people that were against what was going on in Southeast Asia, like I say, they may have been pro-communist, they maybe wanted the communists to take over in Southeast Asia, and maybe the whole world. 
But the idea that, that we can just run off and use the most onerous power that a nation possesses, the, the war-making power, it's the most virulent and actually the, the, the most deadly mortal force on earth, government, and, and we unleash all of that across the nations of the world, it was supposed to be a very deliberative process. It was supposed to be under a certain uh, approach constitutionally. If you'll violate the Constitution for war, what won't you violate the Constitution for? We kill babies. We take from everybody and redistribute to everybody. I mean, it's, it's one of those things you cannot find a thing that we are not willing to violate the limits and bounds of government on now. It's because we, we swallow great gulps of constitutional violation. And, and I, I find it interesting that John Voigt has kind of, I, I think his perceptions nowadays are much more accurate than they were back in the 60s and 70s, but, but then again, he wasn't completely wrong in, the, in those days. He may have been doing things for the wrong reasons, may have had in his heart not the right understanding, but right now it's kind of like, uh, wow. Of course, by the way, the, the response on social media about what he said about Trump was patrolic. I think that the uh, people in social media are absolutely, uh, regardless of the source of it, they're going to attack anybody that says anything of any reinforcing value to, to Donald Trump. And and uh, he's, he's a big target right now for some of the people that have absolutely despised Mr. Trump for the last, you know, several years. So... I don't know. It's interesting to me that he would come out with such a thing. It took a lot of courage, and I, I have to take my hat off to him for that. And yes, I take my hat I, off to him as it's evolved. I agree with that, and I agree with a lot of the points being made. There's some that I don't, though. When we say greatest president since Abraham Lincoln, um, you know, it's hard for me to say. Presidents have, in my opinion, got progressively worse and worse and worse and worse. There's a few exceptions. Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, um, far, they're far from perfect. A lot of damage happened under their administrations, but a lot of damage has happened under almost every presidential administration. Uh, and when it comes to a Lincoln or a Trump or some of these people, I'm kind of looking at it and saying, you know, we seem to act like one man has all the power and all the authority and all the ability uh, to uh, make a difference or to change things in the way we think they ought to be. Uh, and I don't know how much power um, Abraham Lincoln had when it comes to <clears throat> What happened? A lot of liberty got lost and a lot of obliteration of states' rights got lost with Abraham Lincoln. But how much could he do about it? He did preserve the nation. Uh, and yeah, uh, under under a Donald Trump or an example like that, you know, hey, we know a lot more about our day of what's happening because of the media and news and, than we did in Abraham Lincoln's day. So it's easy to look back and judge critically. But I'm telling you that what? items that Donald Trump has done that we would champion and say good has not been literally obliterated, mocked, manipulated, blocked, and shut down and uh, by the other branches of government, from Congress to the Supreme Court to um, the media. You know, they've literally opposed every good thing Donald's ever done. And so, you know what? It's a very, very difficult reality to be in as a president. And I'm just not so sure that you can blame the success or failures on one guy, Scott. Well, you're absolutely correct. Uh, the president is not a monarch. The president is not all-powerful and omniscient and uh, omnipresent and everything else like that. He's not a god. And uh, the Constitution never intended 
to have this president have the centralization of power that we've we seem to want to hand him and the Congress and the judiciary. Uh, we have completely lost our bearings in terms of of the uh, limited form of government. In fact, in the founding era, it, the national government had very little footprint in the nation. There was a specific responsibility. If you read the 45th Federalist Paper, you read about how limited it was most external things. Maybe we ought to talk about judges when we get back and how they've kind of felt things up more than anybody maybe. We need to talk about judges. There's also other people making some interesting points on this live broadcast for Memorial Day. Kurt's got details. And so does Scott Bradley. FreedomsRisingSun.com in seconds. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. President Trump says he's not worried about North Korea's recent missile tests during the final news conference of his visit to Japan. While standing alongside Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, Trump said he doesn't think the missile tests that North Korea conducted earlier this month violated United Nations sanctions. My people think it could have been a violation, as you know. I view it differently. I view it as a man. Perhaps he wants to get attention, and perhaps not. Who knows? It doesn't matter. On the subject of trade, Trump told reporters his administration will make a deal with China, just not yet. Chicago seeing another violent Memorial Day weekend. Reports are since Friday, 34 people have been shot. Five of them have died. Last year, 37 people were shot. Seven of them died over the entire Memorial Day weekend in the Windy City. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Do you wish you could get better sleep and maybe lose a few pounds? Maybe more than a few pounds? Well, there's this product called Calitrin that helps with both sleep and weight loss. Just listen to what people are saying about it. I've been taking Calitrim for right about three months and I've lost 24 pounds and 19 overall inches. But my sleep has improved. I have so much more energy and I have the desire to succeed more than ever. Anyone who needs weight loss, more energy and better sleep. This product really does deliver. I'm Roger. Uh, Over the three months that I took the product, my sleeping habits uh, are increasingly much better. I got a better night's sleep, and uh, I just can't say enough about the product and how it makes you feel. Also, uh, I additionally lost a little bit of weight on the program as well. Hi, this is Erickson. I take Calitrin for weight loss, and I've lost about 20 pounds, and I feel great. Calitrin is scientifically proven to help with sleep and weight loss safely and effectively. Check it out at TopLoss.com. That's TopLoss.com. Damage cleanup continues after a deadly tornado struck El Reno, Oklahoma, outside Oklahoma City on Saturday night. The National Weather Service confirming it was an EF3 tornado that touched down and then traveled more than two miles in four minutes. The 75-yard-wide tornado destroyed a motel and destroyed most of a mobile home park. Two people died and 29 were injured. Despite what its own organizers have said, President Trump's indicated in a tweet that the annual Rolling Thunder motorcycle ride will continue next year in D.C. Rolling Thunder organizers report the event that attracts thousands of motorcyclists to Washington every year has become too costly. The event pays tribute to service members killed in action or POWs. Artie Muller formed Rolling Thunder in 1987. We've got 32 years of history on a lot of legislation we passed 
on a lot of veterans, our troops, and their families that we've helped through the years. I'm John Clemens. This is USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. And I want to dedicate this broadcast to more peace and less war. Scott Bradley with us, ladies and gentlemen. We are live for Memorial Day. So I'm submitting to you that, you know what? John Voigt declares Donald Trump the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. You know, I will have to say this. It's hard for me to determine which president's better than another uh, in many cases. Um, you know, a lot of presidents have done a lot of good and a lot of bad has happened in their administrations. That's for sure. We've marched towards communism and socialism at a very rapid pace in America, sad to say. Nevertheless, I don't know that I can blame a single guy for the success or failures. He's only one branch of the government. And understand he's one of the branches that there's really only one person backed by his administration. Uh, But you've got Congress, you've got the courts, and the courts were supposed to be the least powerful branch of government. Sad to say in our immoral, upside-down world where good's evil and evil's good, seems like the courts have become the most powerful. But nobody wants to impeach judges, or nobody even brings that up. They're supposed to be there for life upon good behavior, Scott, but I'm calling for judge impeachment in many cases. Well, Thomas Jefferson was extremely disappointed in the judicial branch. Uh, he was also an, a vocal uh, advocate for more impeachment. He called it a scarecrow. I mean, you know, you've seen in the cartoons or something a scarecrow there with with crows sitting on its shoulders, and it's it's really not scared too many uh, of the judges into conformance to the Constitution, which is a tragic kind of situation. Um, You know, throughout his life, Thomas Jefferson spoke and wrote often about the concern that he had of the judiciary ultimately seizing uh, way too much power. We're in that world today, and I believe we should be impeaching. There's only been one Supreme Court justice impeached, and he was not found guilty, and that goes clear back to the early 1800s. But here's one of the things that Jefferson said. He said, our judges are as honest as other men, and not more so. They have with others the same passions for party, for power, and the privilege of their core. And their power is the more dangerous as they're in office for life and not responsible as the other functionaries are to the elective control. The Constitution has erected no such single tribunal, knowing that whatsoever hands confided with the corruptions of time and party, its members will become despots. It has more wisely made all the departments co-equal and co-sovereign within themselves. Of course, it, we could go on and on and on. I, uh, I've made kind of a study of, of Thomas Jefferson and his uh, opinions about the courts, and uh, they have usurped power dramatically. And by the way, some of the things that John Marshall did and said, even during Jefferson's day, we're soundly founded. I mean, I'm, this is not a universal, uh, you know, kind of, I don't know, slam on, on the judicial and even John Marshall. Uh, much of what he said and did, and in fact, some of the things that are used today as, as justification for the usurpations of the courts were soundly founded things. But honestly, each of the legislatures, each of the executives, each of the judicial officers have a responsibility to keep their actions within the bounds of the Constitution. And rarely does that happen anymore today. And, of course, Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2, would give us uh, uh, hope that we can somehow uh, unseat the, this 
stranglehold the judiciary seems to have on what our government's doing nowadays. And that's why I claim that America's still got more freedom than other nations, even though you can point to other nations and put together, quote, freedom uh, calibration studies that show other countries are freer than America, and in some ways they are. But no country has the seeds of solutions via the supreme law of the land that the Constitution has. What we need is pure application of those principles. What we need to do is stand up for the checks and balances. What we need to do is educate ourselves and get involved. And more people are doing that. More people are realizing Donald's far from perfect, but he's not as crazy as they think, and he's done a lot of good. And uh, Reverend Franklin Graham is even speaking out. Kurt? Well, that's right, Sam. And, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to see many uh stories covering this but the headline from breitbart says reverend franklin graham urges day of prayer for trump rallies christian leaders around most attacked potus or president of the united states in u.s history uh and uh sub headline says uh, he's leading a group of more than 250 christian leaders and calling for june 2nd to be a special day of prayer for the president uh, he posted his call to Facebook and, uh, you know, he basically says, uh, President Trump's enemies continue to try everything to destroy him, his family, and the presidency. In the history of our country, no president has been attacked as he has. I believe the only hope for him and this nation is God, he says. Well, I believe in the uh, hope in God, and, uh, that's for sure. But do you think he's the most attacked president, Scott? Well, certainly in our lifetime, um, I, I think that that everything seems to be seen through the lens of the mainstream media, and that lens, as we have seen, is way out of focus. It's kind of like the Hubble telescope. When they put it up, they found out they had a bad lens in it. They couldn't see what they needed to. And, and it seems to me that uh, regardless of who says anything, uh, whether it's wise or not, there, you know, I think we're... Where someone makes a, a mistake, we need to try and correct it. But where somebody does good, we need to point it out. And I think that that there's a complete unwillingness in the vast, vast uh, power of the organs of the, the mainstream media that would even see anything good. And, and Scott, and that's I, the reason. I know a lot of people are like, Gull, you guys are sure bullish on Trump. You sure think Trump's fixed America, and you sure... Man, you guys are deceived. You don't know how bad things are under the Donald or in America, and, and you think Donald's done so much good, and, and, and it might appear that way. But I'm not super bullish on Donald. I'm willing to tell the truth when I believe he's gone wrong. I'm also willing to focus on when he's gone right. But I'm also willing to take the nation as a whole and say, I know we've lost a lot of freedoms. I know things don't look good in America, but I also know that God's got his hand on this nation. And I know there's still a lot of humble God-fearing people in our nation. And I cannot underestimate the value and power of that. I also know this. Regardless of America's problems, America's done more good around the world for more people than any country on the planet, bar none, period, end of paragraph. And so even though America's got a lot of trouble, and even though it's easy to go negative, we've got to remain positive. We've got to focus on the good. We've got to highlight what's being done. And preaching doom and gloom for America will not do us any good whatsoever. Now, preaching where we're, we've gone awry to bring us back is worth our time. Highlighting uh, that we live in perilous times and, and realizing that it's a very difficult world is worthy of, of, of our hire, if you will. Uh, but I submit to you that we have got to keep this focus on, on restoration, on solutions, on the good that America has to offer, 
on the right way to go. In other words, solutions-oriented talk radio. These are fundamental principles that I think we're trying to highlight here. We're not deceived by Donald, but we do want to realize that, hey, he's done more for pro-life than any president in my lifetime. I'll tell you that right now. When Reverend Franklin Graham says we should pray for our president, we should pray for all of our leaders. So there's a lot of good there. And as the liberals, the socialists, the communists, and everybody else, and the media seems to go just bullish on the negative, we've got to counteract that. 90-plus percent of the mainstream stories are against President Trump, no matter what he does, Scott, no matter what he does. Well, there's no no question. It's at least that percentage, I would say. And and the fact is that your idea of, of restoration has got to be at the center of this. At one point, when we were abiding within the scope and bounds of the Constitution, we were the greatest, freest, strongest, most happy, most respected nation on the earth, bar none. We were, I mean, it, the world was awestruck with us. Americans were welcome everywhere. I mean, it was, it was one of those things. But when we've strayed from those principles, when we've become the, the nation that, you know, we, we should be bringing people to liberty by example, by our teaching, by our love, by people of the light on the hill. But when we try to be like Islam and do conversion by the sword, when we go all over the world and we're going to tromp around and kick indoors and scare the women and children and, and kill civilian population, whatever, bomb nations back into the dark ages, that does not endear our nation, and it does not foster the cause of liberty. What we're doing is actually creating enemies. We're creating blowback. And, and the fact of the matter is that the diplomacy of the past, is we started with this kind of, we've got to return to that concept of, of the wisdom of limited government, checks and balances, you know, separation of powers, enumeration of powers, all of those kinds of things that started our nation on the right path have been abandoned. And, and when somebody says Trump ought to do this or the legislature ought to do that, most of the time they don't have any right to do anything. They have no constitutional authority to be involved in it. It simply isn't their role. So well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, live for Memorial Day. Speaking of Memorial Day, President <laughs> Donald J. Trump vows to keep Memorial Day tradition alive. Kurt? Well, yeah, uh, Scott is probably familiar with this, but they've had this thing called Rolling Thunder for quite a few years now. It's not really uh, the same thing as when you've got a thunderstorm in your area, but what they're talking about is uh, these... Uh, well, many of them Vietnam veterans and others, uh, former military. Uh, well, they get on their big uh, Harleys, etc., and they ride around through Washington, D.C. around Memorial Day. Charlie Daniels on your radio, detail. bikers in D.C., Sam Scott and Kurt on your radio. We are live. This is Memorial Day. Time to remember and time to go to work. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements and speakers in the spirit of transparency all expenditures are published patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to give me liberty fund members 
our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get co-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S-C-H still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying, shh, let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified? Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities, and it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC. Not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name, and that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, thekosherquestion.com. Kurt, isn't the news saying a hundred thousand of them? Well, that's right, Sam, and uh, you know that's quite a bunch of them. They say they kicked it off uh, on Friday with what's called a blessing of the bikes at the Washington National Cathedral. Uh, the organizers have uh, well said that it's basically going to be the last one, and. Uh, uh, they say, as always, the Pentagon is charging us with an outrageous bill for their services. The group's national president, Joe Bean, said in a letter to members, uh, another letter co-signed by Bean said costs of staging the event had soared to more than 200 k The organization will continue uh, to bring awareness to the public, they say, uh, but they're going to have uh, regional demonstrations or whatever. Now, Trump President Trump was uh, on an official visit to Japan, as we've already mentioned, but he says, can't believe, this is what he tweeted, he says, can't believe that Rolling Thunder would be given a hard time with permits in Washington, D.C., and I would add, well, I can sure believe it, Uh, but anyway, he went on, he says, they're great patriots who I have gotten to know and see in action they love our country and love our flag if I can help, I will Uh, and uh, one of the uh, I guess they quoted one of the people saying that, well, if the president says he's going to do it, he'll do it. And uh, so. Well, and I anyway, hope that's we'll true. See. There's a lot of what president says he will do. He, he's done. There's a lot of what he says he'll do. He hasn't done, though. Yeah. yeah and uh, he, again, uh, how much can he be responsible for that? What's in his control without being a dictator now? Uh, see, there's he can't do everything that he might have hoped to do and there's a difference between you know wanting to be president and then actually getting in the office and realizing what your constitutional limits are and i bring that up to defend president trump a little bit uh, on some of the things that he doesn't have done that he would like to do um but it's interesting though these bikers are, are going there and, and they're literally uh charging so much money they don't want to go anymore scott well you know i i fully uh support the effort that that, that they're putting forth to remember those that have served to remember, especially MIA POWs, 
Uh, all of that kind of stuff is of, of highest and most noble cause, I believe. It's interesting, though, if we if, think for a second about the origins, Rolling Thunder. I mean, you think of the bikes and all that kind of stuff. But what it's, uh, and I, I don't want to detract from what they're doing because I think they're doing right, and I think that the people should remember those things. But Rolling Thunder, Operation Rolling Thunder, was was a three and a half year effort in the unconstitutional Vietnam War that started in March of '65 and went through November of '68. Of uh, Huge bombing effort over North Vietnam probably exceeded what happened in World War II over Europe. Um, and it, it was an incident that, I mean, not an incident, it was a whole event, a series of events, but it started because of a phony baloney incident that happened in the Gulf of Tonkin, or didn't happen in the Gulf of Tonkin, in August of 64. And and we have an escalation and a, and a entering into war with with without any constitutional justification, anything that happened, and and I I find uh, we don't have time to talk about Vietnam particularly, but it was one of those things where the leadership of the nation was uh, compliant, complicit, and and uh, collusion and everything else you want to talk about than that we are in normal vernacular now to something that completely violated the Constitution. And, and a lot of really good people, my friends, ended up losing their lives or their limbs on these kinds of things, their sanity and everything else like that. And so what these guys are doing in, in Washington and now regionally, they say they want to do, I, I support uh, their their remembrance of all of that. But, but it's based upon, while it's a cool-sounding name, is something that, that for years we implemented on a foreign power that we had no constitutional authority to do it. There was no check and balance. There was Well, and this is where we highlight the wrong, but we also promote the right. And, you know, maybe that a lot of these people have to go into these unconstitutional wars and realize how evil they were and, and, and all that, you know, it, it's very complicated at the time to know the truth because of the propaganda in the media uh, and to understand with the hippies. And, the, you know, it's very difficult for people to understand and get their bearings and know what they really stand for. And I think hindsight helps with that a little bit. It really does. But here's my point, I guess. <laughs> Let's remember the sacrifice, the service, the devotion, the bravery, all of that good stuff from the common folk and what they gave. But let's not repeat the stupidity that bad leaders cause. See, good leadership and bad leadership makes all the difference, whether it's in a community, a county, a state, a, a nation, and even throughout the world nowadays. Bad leadership leads to bad outcomes. And, and all too often nowadays, we seem to be focused on the wrong things. Let's remember the good, the noble, the sacrifice, the the. the the little people, if you will, the little boys, literally, that fought the war. I mean, any war. I don't care what it was. I mean, there's. it, it usually falls to youth. And, and now a lot of uh, gray hairs out there, but, but the fact of the matter is, we as a nation have been following bad leadership that has abandoned the scope, bounds, and limits that were established to prevent the onerous use of, of power. That, that now we're using all over the world. We don't even think a, 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 we don't bat an eyelash when we go into a sovereign nation and try to bomb them back into the dark ages. And, and that wasn't always the way. And Amen to that. Hey, Kurt, do you have any more on this before the final story of the hour? 
I don't think there's any more to All really right. add on this one. They're trying to attack a bunch of people, okay, in the Trump administration. And Ben Carson, who I think is a wonderful man, he's not perfect, but he's a wonderful guy, and his story is just absolutely memorable and, and, and an example for solution, et cetera, et cetera. Well, anyway, Ben Carson shoots down Democrats' call for his resignation. He says, hearings are just attack, not policies. I'm defending Ben Carson, Scott. You know, it's interesting. It's not just Ben Carson. You know, you look at all these subpoenas that are happening against Mr. Trump and his administration and his associates and everything else. These are not congressional oversight things. They are not congressional oversight. They're impeachment preludes for everything. I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a strategy and a tactic that's going on right now with those that are attempting to undermine anything in the administration that's currently there. And, and uh, I, I just, I guess the best way to say, they're not doing constitutional oversight matters in any of the stuff they're doing. They're doing an agenda-driven prelude to impeachment at every step of the way. And, and I think it ought to be resisted by the administration and those that are, uh, you know, basically having this imposed on them. Amen. In fact, Sheila Jackson Lee is having a kind of a heyday on this very topic that Ben Carson is defending himself from. Kurt? Well, that's a great point, Sam. And uh, Sheila Jackson Lee uh, is not where we typically find, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff. Uh, but, you know, in this case, she's talking about what's called the FISA court. Now, you probably all understand all about this, Scott, but it's called the uh, short for Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Uh, and she says basically in a, uh, uh, basically there in Congress that there were four, here's what the headline says, Democrat lawmaker claims four Trump campaign members targeted with FISA investigations. And I guess one of the big, uh, shindigs was or a big things going on is she was uh questioning uh the former attorney general uh lynch uh and uh this is what she says she says one thing that all of these persons had in common was that they each was the subject of a fisa court investigation which we now know and all were directly connected to trump as Attorney General, you had the authority to oversee FISA application process. Is that correct? Yes, was Lynch's reply. Now, Lynch, uh, they say, did not dispute Lee's claim about four Trump campaign officials being under FISA probes. Uh, and uh, anyway, the attorneys told her, hey, you're not really supposed to be talking about that because that's kind of like top secret or yeah, whatever. Yeah, in my but, mind, the FISA courts, though, are unconstitutional as all get out, too. So you need to be very to careful up. when we talk about this, who's who and what's what, right? You know, I'm not siding with Sheila Jackson on anything, uh, and I'm not siding with these investigations, uh, but I will say these FISA courts are absolutely a violation of the separation of power, Scott. Well, in 1978, the FISA court had its origin, and without going into all the reasons for what it is, it is a secret court. But what happened in the Trump campaign and aftermath and the FISA warrants and everything, they need to be thoroughly investigated and prosecuted. Uh, the, what came out of those things was a travesty of American jurisprudence, a violation of, of a Fourth Amendment, 
uh, it appears to me at this point that everything that happened before them to get these warrants to spy on Americans, there's no other way to say it. The, 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 uh, you know, the FBI will say, well, we weren't really spying. We had warrants. It's like baloney. They were falsely obtained warrants based upon a, a politically contrived dossier that was basically a, 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 you know, kind of a hit job on a campaign by a political opponent, bought and paid for, and the, the FBI knew it, and they went before the court and took an oath. You know, the, the, you've got to have an oath or affirmation. Read the Fourth Amendment of what happened. This was a complete travesty, a complete violation. In my opinion, a thorough investigation needs to happen, and those that performed these things, they need to go to prison. I, I don't think that, you know, you couldn't put a big enough fine on this. There needs to be a, okay, we sometimes we do need to say there is a penalty for these completely off-the-wall violations. And, and, and really, the Justice Department was weaponized uh, for a political purpose. And uh, the FISA court was used as the instrument to do that. But, Scott, do you see any accountability coming? Do you think that we'll get to the bottom of this and have accountability? I, I hate to say it, but in a word, no. I know we're running out of time. I think that the, the secret combinations, the founding fathers coined a term called secret combinations, and that was in common usage in their day. It was political uh, organizations that worked behind the scenes for their own political benefit or whatever purpose, whether it was to lie, to steal, to cheat, to murder, or even to gain wealth in the, in their, for their own selves. I believe that the secret combinations at the head of our government right now, that a lot of people would call them deep state people. Uh, I think that they've got the reins of so much here, it's going to be mighty difficult, but I would sure love to see them sweat some bullets over this thing. I'd like to see some action, and, and uh, I'm just, it's a travesty what has been going on in this nation using a weaponized justice department that is politicalized to the nth degree now. I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Kurt, the final wrap-up's yours, my friend. Well, amen to that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's make America and the world great again. Uh, go at it today and do the best you can. Happy Memorial Day. Uh, God bless America. Scott, 10 seconds. Well, let's restore the foundation that made us, as I've said earlier, greatest, freest, strongest, most happy, most prosperous nation on earth. And it doesn't happen by violating the Constitution. We can go back to it. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to all of you. Happy Memorial Day. Remember, 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 we are God's children. And we need to turn to God for solutions. And it starts with repentance and faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it most importantly requires to turn to God, not government. LibertyRoundtable.com. God save the Republic of the United States of America.